In the book, The Inner Game of Tennis, author Timothy Galway describes a one-on-one lesson he had once with an adult tennis student. The student was already aware of a problem with his serve, as several other teachers had pointed it out to him, and he could describe it in great detail and what he needed to do to fix it. So Timothy decided to try a different approach than the previous coaches that the student had worked with. He observed the man serve a few times, and then, instead of trying to find a new, better way to explain the problem that the student already knew he had, he simply instructed him to practice his serve in front of a large window that functioned as a mirror. Almost instantly, the student recognized the problem in his own serve. He saw it with his own eyes for the first time, and he was able to make the necessary corrections to relax his arm. The man thanked Timothy profusely and told him that he had taught him more than all the other teachers he had had in the past. But Timothy said, what did I actually teach you? And the man was quiet for a few seconds as he thought, and he said, well, I guess I don't really know, but you helped me so much in 15 minutes you made more of an impact than the hours of private lessons that I've had. And so Timothy reflected on this experience later, and he wrote in the book, He had learned, the student had learned, but had he actually been taught? He went on to explain, I had learned and he had learned, but there was no one there to take credit. There was only the glimmer of a realization that we were both participating in a wonderful process of natural learning. Now, when I told this story to Steve on our morning walk the next day, he argued that some level of teaching still took place here. That is true. Timothy had the foresight to know what the student needed, to see one step beyond where he was, and help guide him to where he wanted to be. In this way, Timothy facilitated the student's learning. And I think that's where the distinction lies. Facilitating versus teaching. That's what we're going to talk about today. I'm Ashley Danu, and you're listening to Field Notes on Music Teaching and Learning. Writing Field Notes is a way of documenting and processing what we see in the world. This podcast is a collection of creative ideas, practical strategies, and thoughtful observations from the field of music teaching and learning. Here, you'll find creative and pedagogically sound teaching tips, fresh new approaches you can use in your teaching, and insight into a few tried-and-true systems and creative processes designed to help you do your best work. Let's get started. When I think about what it means to be a teacher, I think about words like instructing, guiding, demonstrating, leading, and shaping. Facilitating, for me, brings up words like structuring, suggesting, prompting, questioning, and creating. Do you hear the subtle differences? Teaching for me means that I have a sense of duty and responsibility to help learners progress, develop their skills, or learn something new. I'm thinking and planning a few steps ahead of where they are and guiding them through the learning process. I know the outcome, I know where we're going, and I'm helping the learner build a bridge to get there. Facilitating, in my experience, means I often 
don't have control over the outcome. That's the learner's responsibility. I don't necessarily know where we're going or where we'll end up. My job is to provide support, make suggestions, or help generate ideas if needed. Sometimes my job may be simply to observe or listen. The learner takes on a leadership role here. Perhaps you recognize moments of teaching and moments of facilitating in your work. What does this look like for you? What scenes or interactions with students come to mind? Sometimes I think we find ourselves in a particular situation where we think of ourselves as one or the other. I am a facilitator in this classroom. I am a teacher in this studio. I'm a teacher for this group. I'm a facilitator for that group. Can you relate to this? What if you could be both teacher and facilitator? When I was a doctoral student at Eastman, I spent a lot of time exploring this idea of being a teacher facilitator. I read dozens of research studies on the effectiveness of this approach and how one could negotiate and balance these different roles. For my dissertation study, I designed a keyboard skills slash creative musicianship lab with a group of six undergraduate music education students and me as facilitator. Together, we explored David Kolb's 1984 experiential learning theory, which maybe I'll talk about in another episode sometime. We looked at how it applied to music learning and the development of practical keyboard skills. My dissertation research was qualitative in nature, meaning that I wrote field notes, hence the name of this podcast, and analyzed videos, audio recordings, written documents, and collected artifacts to reconstruct participants' experiences and perceptions as authentically as possible. I reread some of my notes from my dissertation study recently, and I marked a few things to share with you today. First, toward the beginning of my dissertation, I described what it was like being an observer facilitator. Here's what I wrote. As a piano teacher, I tailor my instruction to the needs of the student as much as possible. For some of my current students, this means taking on the role of observer-facilitator, observing their methods of informal learning, asking questions that promote critical and creative thinking, and offering insight as needed. Through this experience, I have learned a great deal about informal and democratic learning and my role as facilitator. I have been reflecting on this idea of being an observer facilitator or a teacher facilitator again recently. It's something that requires our attention and awareness. We need to ensure that we're negotiating these two roles fairly and keeping them in balance. This is something that I've been practicing recently as I lead my elementary and intermediate students through a multi-week studio-wide blues composition project. Each week, my students come into their lessons with the next component of their composition. An alternate melody pattern, a left-hand accompaniment idea, a motive to begin or end the piece. My job here is to observe, to take in what they're creating, listen to their ideas, and help facilitate their next steps. 
Sometimes they need a little help shaping their patterns into something that fits the meter, key, or harmonic progression. Sometimes they need a little help generating ideas for accompaniment patterns. Sometimes they need support to help them navigate the 12-bar progression. When we started this project, I took on the role of teacher, explaining the history of the blues, sharing examples, outlining the progression, and assigning them a key suitable for their level. But I believe that learners should take an active role in co-constructing the learning environment. That means they should have a say in how we do some things. Our goals should be shared, and they should have autonomy and ownership in the creative process. In weeks two, three, and four of the composition project, I have been stepping into the adjacent roles of observer and facilitator. Depending on what each student needed at a given lesson, I found myself shifting between these roles, trying not to overstep, suggest too many ideas, or change too much of their own originality. Truth be told, sometimes it's hard to balance these different roles in a lesson. In one of my written reflections during my dissertation study, I documented what it was like to watch one of our sessions back on tape, reconciling my own perceptions of what it was like with a more objective view a few weeks later. Here's what I wrote. Moments where I stepped in and where I thought it may have overstepped were moments of questioning, challenging, and ultimately attempts at empowering group members to create, try new things, and consider other vantage points. Do you hear those words jump out? Questioning, challenging, and empowering. These are characteristics I want to embody when I am stepping into that facilitator role. In a 2010 article on informal learning practices published in the British Journal of Music Education, Haloisa Ficus described, a teacher must be part of the community of learners and should be attentive, open, not anxious for quick and expected results, ready to let go of any previous plan, able to make connections, constantly adapting by experimentation, a real facilitator who allows the students to process their knowledge. The idea of allowing students to process their knowledge stands out to me. I think sometimes when we're in teaching mode, there's this urgency to move forward, to progress to the next thing, to keep a quick pace and stick to the plan that we have laid out, But in facilitating, the focus is on the experience, on making connections, exploring ideas, and processing new information. There isn't a time limit for this. There isn't a lesson plan to follow. The learner sets the pace. I am learning that the lessons I perceive as most meaningful are ones where I embrace my role as a teacher facilitator. There are moments of structure and moments of play, moments of demonstration and observation, moments of leading and moments of suggesting. To end this conversation today, I thought I'd share a few reflective research questions 
based on questions that I asked in my dissertation study for you to explore in your teaching in the coming weeks. Number one, what does co-constructed learning look like in your teaching environment? Number two, how do learners perceive and define the role of the facilitator? And number three, how do you as facilitator perceive and define the role of the learner? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. Send me a message on Instagram or email me directly at ashley at ashleydanu.com. Thanks so much for listening today. For written notes, related links, and more information on today's topic, visit ashleydanu.com slash fieldnotes. You can find me on Instagram at ashleydanu. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much if you'd subscribe and leave a review in Apple Podcasts. This will help others discover this content in the future. Plus, I'd love to hear what you like about the show and if there's anything specific you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for tuning in today. See you next time. Bye.